Faces come and go and I'm forever grateful Come and tell me long and slow exactly what I wait for Better times, yeah, better times, somehow I don't believe it I built a house up long ago just to up and leave it For a first time National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic attendee, the number of families, moms, dads, and kiddos on the show floor is something that may be a surprise for people that are showing up for the first time and see Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic and think, ah, rednecks, shotguns, bird dogs. And then they're surprised by how many kids and families are on the show floor. And that's something that we as employees of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever take great pride in helping foster every year by building attractions that all sorts of people, no matter what your background in hunting, conservation, habitat, the outdoors, bird dogs, uh, brings you to the show. Um, on today's episode of On the Wing podcast, I've got a couple of my coworkers with me who have worked really hard to put together um, a really family centric event at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic coming up March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've got Kim Cole making her podcasting return with me, although she's got a new title this time around. Kim is our Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever Habitat Education Program Manager and the quarterback of our youth village at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So we'll be diving into the youth village. We've got Ashley Chance back on the podcast, our hunting heritage program manager and the leader of our path to the Upland stage and rounding out guests, making her podcasting debut, <laughs> Shannon Ho- Thanks for the giggles, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon Hoheisel, uh, corporate partnerships manager for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever and the quarterback for our new and improved family day on Sunday at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So, uh, we'll start with Kim. Shannon, feel free to giggle throughout. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you all for joining. Uh, Kim, let's let's start with you. Uh, the Youth Village, sponsored by Sportsman's Guide, has been a part of National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic since 2005. So since the very second one we ever held back in Omaha. Um, we'll, we'll dive into to the Youth Village, but... Give a reminder for folks that maybe haven't heard you on the podcast before a little bit about who you are and tell us about your new role. I'm excited to share what we've got going on this year with folks. Um, But yeah, I am in a new role now. Um, Previously, I was the outreach coordinator in Missouri. um, But since October of last year, um, I've been on board as the Habitat Education Program Manager. Um, So I'm excited to be in this new role and get to do a lot of cool, new, fun things in this job, um, including be more tied in with Pheasant Fest, which is awesome. Um, I've been with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever since April of 2019. So um, coming up on five years now, I've been with the organization, uh, been able to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, Last year was actually my first time going to Pheasant Fest. Um, So I was able to help last year in Youth Village in some different areas. Um, But this will be my second year. I'm excited to be back. Um, and be, like you said, the quarterback for Youth Village. Um, it's a big area. It's so well received by families each year. Um, people come back multiple times to see us. So it's cool that I get to be um, a big part of that this year. I'm super excited for it. Um, but I guess just quickly more about me. I've been in conservation education for about 10 years now. Um, worked with some different state organizations and had a lot of cool experiences. Um, and just educating folks about conservation, habitat, the outdoors. Um, I'm so passionate about that. So I I love that I get to do that every day in this position um, and bring folks to Youth Village to teach them some more. Um, But I'm in Missouri. I live here with my husband and daughter. Um, We love being in the outdoors. Um, 
we love native gardening. We spend a lot of time outside at our house trying to put habitat um, in a very urban environment that we live. We're trying to do our little part here in our, our space that we have. Um, and I like to spend a little time getting out in the field, um, hunting birds and hunting white-tailed deer as well. So um, that's just a little bit about me, but it's like I said, I'm excited to be in this new role and um, kind of take the lead on Youth Village and do what I can to help folks with habitat education. Um, congratulations on the new new role. Um, the teaser, spo- spoiler alert, um, when we do our annual Pollinator Week podcast, Kim will be back for that because now Kim is in charge of Pollinator Week. Um, yep. So that'll happen in June. Before we dive into the um, kind of the preview of what's at the Youth Village, I'm curious, Kim, you've um, undoubtedly you heard about Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic for the four years prior to actually showing up in uh, Minneapolis last year. Um, What do you, when you think about, um, when you thought about attending Pheasant Fest versus what you saw in person, what sort of surprised you? Um, I mentioned in the show open, kind of the complexion of the audience surprises a lot of people um but what what surprised you seeing it for the first time in person um well i mean definitely the the diversity of the audience surprised me um you know i knew it was our, our our huge national convention we do this every year this is where folks come to you know celebrate what we're doing as an organization and connect with us and our partners um it was a very diverse audience. And then I was just blown away by the size of the show floor, the number of vendors that we had, the number of different um, focused areas for people to go based on their own personal interest. Um, there might not be everything at Pheasant Fest that's for everyone, um, but there's definitely something that each person can find that I think is relevant to them, um, that you know aligns with their passion for the outdoors. And um, like I said, I was just blown away by the sheer, um, sheer size of it, but it was wonderful to see so many folks come together, um, you know, like I said, to be part of our organization, to support upland conservation, um, and do that in so many ways. So it was a very exciting event um, for my first year. And like I said, I'm excited to come back for year two and then get to look forward to, you know, year three and four and several <laughs> after that uh, of getting to help with this event. So it was a long time coming. I waited patiently, um, but I got my turn and now I get to play a big role in it each year. All right. Speaking of big roles, uh, we, we, we touched on the youth village is your, your baby. You get to create it in your own image. Um, and first of all, again, I mentioned thanks to sportsman's guide as the official sponsor of the youth village. Tell us a little bit about, um, when, when the family, if the Cole family is coming to visit, uh, pheasant fest and quail classic in, in Sioux Falls, what do they get to do there? Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a great question. Well, you know, like I said, this is my first year taking this over, um, you know, get to make this a unique event. One thing I'm really excited about with this is that um, we have a good mix of options for family this year. We have um, a lot of the traditional booths that we've had in the past, and then we've got some new activities this year um, that folks maybe haven't seen before and haven't had a chance to get hands-on with. Um, So it was really important for us to have a good variety of stuff um, we know we have a lot of folks that we're going to see who have been here in the past. Uh, we've been, we're going to have some new faces at Pheasant Fest. So we've got a good variety of stuff. Um, it's all very family-centered, friendly for lots of ages. Um, so we hope that everybody who comes to the event with their family comes and stops at Youth Village to see us. Um, a couple of the, you know, I don't want to say classic booths, but a couple of the booths we've had um, year after year that are so well-received and always popular with people, um, we're going to have the ringneck booth again. So that's kind of like, um, you know, a good landing place right in the center of Youth Village. We're going to have some Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever staff um, at ringneck booth the entire weekend. Um, so for folks coming to Youth Village, I encourage you to stop stop by the ringneck booth. Um, if you've got questions, it's a good place to, about Youth Village, it's a good place to get those questions answered. Um, it's at the Ringneck booth, there's going to be um, some coloring sheets and different hands-on activities for folks to do um, real quick to take those with them. Um, we're also going to, ha- going to have an opportunity for folks um, if they need to get signed up or need 
looking to renew their youth or student membership, we're going to have that at the Ringneck booth. Um, that's going to pair really well with our journey to conservation careers information. Um, that is a new program um, that Levi Day, who's our conservation leadership program manager, um, that's a new program he's working on um, for high school and early college age students. We're going to have some information at the Ringneck booth about that program. Levi's going to be there, um, so he'll be able to talk to folks about it. But that's a great opportunity for um, maybe if we have families who are there with some older kids to come engage with us at Youth Village as well. So um, it's like I said, it's definitely friendly for all ages. We've got good stuff for kids and good stuff um, for those older kids as well. The other classics we've got, um, We've got our inflatable air rifle and BB gun range. Um, it is, it, it looks like a bounce house. So I think sometimes kids walk in and think like, oh, there's a bounce house. Um, and as much as they might, you know, hate that it's not a bounce house, once they figure out what it is, that it's an indoor BB gun range and they can um, sit down and get some guidance and have a chance to shoot some BB guns while they're at Pheasant Fest, they kind of forget it's not a bounce house and they get over that and they're excited to sit down um, and try their hand at shooting BB guns. So we're going to have that again this year. It's always popular. Um, don't be surprised if you see a line, but we, we get excited when there's a line of kids that want, want to try to shoot BB guns. So we think that's, we think that's great. Um, we're going to have the inflatable archery range as well. So kids will have a chance to try archery um, in a safe environment indoors, um, try to hit those targets, but doing, doing it in that fun indoor environment. Um, so those are some of the classics that we're going to have there. Um, some others that I'm excited about this year, um, we're trying to feature some more habitat education focused activities. Um, so folks can not only come and maybe learn about um, hunting and shooting and things like that, but learn about habitat and the importance of that for the upland species and for the game species that we all value. Um, we really want to make sure we give an opportunity to tie that to habitat. Um, so folks will have an opportunity. One of the stations we're going to have um, will be building conservation clays. Um, so basically, we're going to have some clay pigeons, we'll have some native seed, and then some colored chalk dust. Um, that all gets assembled inside that conservation clay, and that's something that's really fun. They can take that home with them. Um, it's fun to shoot on the range. You get to see a big, colorful uh, poof from that chalk powder, so it's ex even more exciting when you hit that bird. Um, and then there's some native seed that goes along with it. So you're kind of getting some more native seed out on the landscape um, to help support habitat a little bit, too. So folks will get to build a conservation clay, take that home with them. Um, we're also going to do some other native seed crafts that'll be hands-on and fun for um, all ages, easy for kiddos to do and great to take home with them um, to put some plant some native seed and create some habitat at home. Um, we also have a great group of volunteers from some other organizations um, and some other vendors that are going to be there to support us at Youth Village this year too. Um, I'm excited. We have a volunteer. Um, her name is Sunday Ford. She has helped with Pheasant Fest in the past. Um, she's a, a member of Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever. She's a volunteer. She works with the local chapter. Um, she is going to be back again this year, which I'm excited about. She's going to bring um, a bunch of mammal furs with her and some matching cards to go with them. Um, so folks will have a chance to kind of get hands on with the furs of some of the local wildlife, um, which will be, I think, a neat activity. Um, and then I'm excited this year, she's going to bring um, a live turtle and a live snake with her. So those will be in Youth Village as well. So if you've got any kiddos that um, have an affinity for reptiles or want to get up and close to some of those critters, um, we're going to have those in Youth Village. Sunday's going to bring those. Um, she's coming to us from the Sioux County Conservation Board, um, and she works with the Iowa Association of Naturalists as well. So um, we're really appreciative of Sunday for coming out and helping with that and bringing some really cool um, wildlife and some items with her for kids to be able to get hands on with. Um, we also have some staff from South Dakota Game Fish and Parks coming. We're super excited to be partnering with them um, in lots of ways at Pheasant Fest this year. But Youth Village is one of the spots where you'll be able to see uh, some of their staff and volunteers to visit with them. Um, from the outdoor campus in Sioux Falls, some of their staff there um, through Game Fish and Parks, they're going to bring a pheasant-focused trivia game. Um, and they tell me that there's going to be some good questions. 
there might be some stumpers in there. So um, bring your thinking caps and try out Pheasant Trivia. Um, they're really excited to be at Youth Village with us, um, being able to interact with folks doing that. Um, and then I think they're gonna have some ring toss activities too that are pheasant related. Um, so definitely be ready to, to come prepared for Pheasant Trivia to try to get a chance at that ring toss game. Um, a couple other things we've got, um, Project Healing Waters is a local group they are sending some volunteers to help with fly tying this year. Um, so if you're interested in learning how to tie flies, get hands on with that, they're gonna have some volunteers as well. Um, so folks will be able to come up, grab a seat and maybe try to tie some flies if that's something they haven't done before. Um, we're also gonna have face painting. That's gonna be a free service to families this year. So if you're gonna be in Youth Village, um, be sure to stop by and get your face painted. That's something else we'll, we're excited to offer. Um, and then lastly, we're gonna have a photo booth as well. Um, so if folks are in Youth Village, they can stop, they can take a selfie, they can take a group photo. Um, we're gonna have a really nice backdrop. We've got some fun props um, that folks can kind of hold up to spice up those pictures a little bit, um, but we're excited to have that. So folks will be able to kind of um, take record in a cool way that they came to Pheasant Fest, that they came to Youth Village. Um, and we want to send thanks to our partners um, at First Premier Bank for their support and their help with that photo booth. So I know they're helping in some other ways um, with Pheasant Fest that I think Shannon's going to talk about, um, but they're helping with our photo booth too. So we want to send thanks to them. Um, I think I went really quickly through <laughs> 10 exciting things. Um, we've got so much for Youth Village this year. We're so excited um, and we hope that everybody has a few moments to come by and check us out. Um, and visit with some of our staff and some of our great partners that are helping us put it on this year. Yeah, that that was great. I, I was going to ask you if you needed to take a breath because you <laughs> you you yeah, have I'm a lot going on. That was it was yeah. great. Um, so a couple things I want to call out: um, journey to conservation careers. Undoubtedly, there's a whole bunch of folks out there that their dream job is to have jobs like we do on the, as part mm -hmm. of this podcast to, you know, their passion in life is connected to the outdoors, whether that's bird watching, um, being a biologist and in, in doing research, um, whether it's marketing the outdoors, like my job or, or San, Shannon's job, you know, being able to sell the connection to the outdoors, um, journey to conservation careers is a great place if you're conservation curious and, and, and thinking about, um, you know, maybe you got a youngster that just loves the outdoors um, and what that might be in, you know, for their future, for career, a journey to conservation careers <clears throat> through the youth village is, is for that upper end side of the audience of the youth village. You know, don't let the youth village fool you, um, you know, that's a that's a component that college kids and high school high school kids can come and figure out what might be the next phase of their life. Um, you mentioned indoor BB guns, and that undoubtedly stops people in their tracks. And to, sure. uh, how is that safe? So you want to explain what an indoor BB gun and how how we have how, how that happens in a safe manner. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of described it looks looks like a bounce out mm -hmm. when you walk up to it. Um, it's basically a big, long, inflatable indoor range. Um, so everything is enclosed. Um, it's a very safe setup to be used indoors, um, meant to be kind of in that, that teaching setting where mm -hmm. we can bring folks in. Um, we've got staff that work um, at that B indoor BB gun range. So we'll have staff there who are helping um, kids of all ages be hands-on with those BB guns, understand the safety rules. Um, we bring, you know, eye protection and all that stuff so that the, the kiddos are there, when they're there, they're being as safe and things like that. Um, but no, it's definitely in a controlled environment, mm -hmm. a nice, safe, inflatable range. Um, but like I said, the we, we wanted to have something, um, and we've used this in years past, it's always super popular, but it's just a nice way to kind of, um, if kids have never done that, if it's something they've never tried, it's a nice way to kind of dip their toes in the water, uh, do so in a controlled environment where we've got folks there to kind of mentor them through that process um, and hopefully give them a really great experience where they may want to 
pick that up when they get back home. Um, and it's a nice way to kind of introduce them to a different outdoor skill than maybe they've had before. Yeah, right on. It, for anybody that uh, is wondering, we, the reptiles on the snake category we're bringing, it's not a rattlesnake. <laughs> no, no. She, uh, she didn't tell me the exact species yet. Uh, I think she's got a couple different interpretive animals. Um, so I'm not sure what species it'll be yet. It'll be uh, definitely a non-venomous, you know, very safe for the public snake. Um, and the turtle she's bringing is a box turtle. So, you know, again, very, very safe for an environment like that. We won't, we won't bring anything too scary or too crazy to youth village. You know, <laughs> we're wanting to have a good time. Yeah. When I talk to families as they're leaving Pheasant Fest, you know, they end up showing up at like 10 o'clock and they're like, oh yeah, we'll probably stay to one. And but honestly, I've families, friends of mine, like they're rolling out of there at like six thirty, and the doors closed at it's at six. You know, and they're like, we couldn't get little Susie and Tommy out of the youth village because it's it is like super dynamic. There's a lot of stuff that you mm-hmm. mentioned. Like, there's the game show element. Like, <laughs> guess guess the mammals that go with the furs. You know, <laughs> there's the there's the fly tying and the decoy painting like there's just lots of different hands-on um oriented components that you know more than any show i've ever been to for kids there's just a lot to do here um you know just as a suggestion you mentioned the fly tying is a, a new component here in sioux falls don't be afraid to you know bring a tail feather you know, a rooster feather um, from a bird, maybe a youngster got this year, or or a quail feather. Um, bring it to the show, and you know, I'm certain that the fly tying instructors will help you create a really cool fishing fly out of that feather, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. I love that that idea. I think that's a great suggestion um, and a great way to to bring a lot more meaning to something that maybe would have just been a quick make and take at a convention and you know you could take it home and fish with it but it definitely would have more meaning to that i love that suggestion that's great yeah cool um all right let's let's bounce to ashley um ashley's been on um, a couple podcasts with me at this point um uh, ashley is the hunting heritage program manager in charge of our path to the uplands stage. Before we dive into the path to the uplands, Ashley, give a give a little bit of background on who you are, where you live, and a little bit more about your role in the organization. Yeah, well, I guess I uh, I'm a Midwestern native, but I don't reside there anymore. Um, I grew up on a family farm in Minnesota, and. Uh, haven't lived there since. <laughs> lived in a lot of different places since that time. Um, but I'm a biologist, a wildlife biologist by training. <clears throat> uh, most of my career before getting into um, the R3 space focused on deer. Um, and so I've spent a lot of time catching deer. Literally. <laughs> um, paid small, yeah, small amounts of money to do it. But uh yeah, so I am uh, have been a hunter since I was I think thirteen is when I started deer hunting with my dad, and that has shaped a big part of who I am today and a lot of aspects of my life, including my career path as aforementioned. Um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, work for Artemis Sportswomen um, for a little more than a couple years as their Southeast Region Coordinator, and that really gave me. Uh, I don't know. It really opened my eyes to what it's like to want to be a hunter or have an interest in hunting and not have a clear pathway, Hmm. um, not have a dad or, you know, somebody else to really mentor you. Um, and so it gave me an appreciation for, for what that feels like. And, uh, from that experience, I was able to come and uh, get this role and join the Habitat organization, which I'm super thrilled about. I think I've been here for, I need to do the math, nine months-ish, maybe eight, something like that. Um, so I'm still very new for sure, um, but <clears throat> we've got a bird dog, 
dropped a cool five hundred dollars on him last week for no reason. I think a lot of listeners can empathize with that. Um, <laughs> was it? Were you accessorizing, or was no, it a no, net no, bill? No. no, this is a cheap dog that has uh, accumulated thousands of dollars in vet bills over the seven-ish years that we've owned him. Um, mm. He's a Springer Spaniel, and he's a psycho and. Uh, the nanny threw him a stick in the backyard and he came up screaming. And I say that because that's what it sounds like screams, mm. uh, holding his front leg out. And we're like, he broke it. It's dislocated something. So I took him to the vet and, you know, IV pain medication and x-rays and an exam and he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. So <laughs> it's just dramatic. <laughs> we all know friends like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you you kind of teed up the the path to the uplands, you know, through your role at Artemis and then your new role with our organization. Oh, uh, let me ask you, you've never been to Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic before, or have you? I've been in the Southeast since 2016 and out of the country for a couple years before that. So I've never lived proximate to Pheasant Fest mm. and have actually never been since I've been an adult. Very cool. What... Overall, what are you looking forward to the most? Well, I'm going to be completely honest. When I knew that I was going to be lining up the path to the upland stage, I basically just thought about things I would want to hear about <laughs> somebody at Pheasant Fest. Um, so I'm also going to be, I believe, 30 weeks pregnant at the time of Pheasant Fest. Um, so I am looking forward to a comfortable chair in front of my stage. <laughs> I can watch uh, everybody that I've gathered, uh, talk about a variety of things that I think are going to be fun to hear about. <laughs> That's perfect. So we'll let you, so Alps Outdoors, we'll, we'll give a big shout out and a thank you to Alps for being the sponsor of the path to the Upland stage. Well, take it away then. Tell us about who you're going to be listening to in that comfortable chair, Ashley. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll have to get up and do some stuff. But, um, but yeah, I think, let's see where to begin. There's, you know, we've gotten some, we've got some big names that I'm excited about and that I think people will recognize um, that are always, you know, crowd pleasers. Uh, Doug Duran is a landowner and conservationist that I think probably a lot of people have heard about. Um, he's from and lives in Wisconsin, which is where I went to undergrad. So it's kind of like a second home for me. Um, but he's been really involved with Meat Eater over the years and is one of the founders of the Sharing the Land um, Private Land Access Initiative. Um, so he's going to be up talking about developing your conservation ethic and playing a part in conservation, which I'm really excited about because I think it's uh, it's easy to be a hunter and go out and enjoy and connect with wildlife through that experience and i think there's more i think we have a responsibility to do more and Mm. so he's going to speak firsthand about uh, his experiences and give basically hot tips for how you can up your game in that area um hank shaw who i think probably most of our listeners are also very familiar with um in our house, we primarily eat wild game. We're fortunate enough to live in a place where we can stock up on deer on a typical year um, and other things as well. Um, but Hangshaw is somebody that we as a family have, we've consumed his materials for many, many years. He's shaped a lot of our knowledge around wild game cookery and really what ends up on our table. Um, so he's going to be talking about how to get more out of your birds which is something, you know, my husband, uh, actually today's the last day of duck season in Tennessee and he got invited to a private blind to go hunt. And I was like, make sure you get everybody's duck feet, bring them back to me (laughs) because because people just throw them away. And there's Mm. just like a ton of good collagen in them. And like after giving birth, not to get into, it's good to drink broths and, you know, stuff that can help build back your bones, et cetera. Um, so we do weird stuff like that. And I think that's the Hank's going to dive into some of that on the stage, which I'm really excited about. Do you want to drop your email address here for people to <laughs> like get your mailing address to send you duck feet or would oh, do we skip feet, through that? <laughs> duck tongues. I mean, there's just, yeah, I don't, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that before in my life, before I knew all the things that you can do with a bird, I wasted a lot of them. Mm. Um, but no more. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Um, so yeah, I would encourage anybody who's like raised eyebrows 
to, to join that session because I think Hank is going to reveal a lot of really interesting stuff and not just birds. He's going to talk mm. about other uh, game species as well. And then after his talk, he's actually going to, I think he called it stump the chump when I was talking to him <laughs> about what it could be, but essentially ask your questions. I yeah. mean, if you have a wild game question, wild game cooking question, he's going to be there to answer them in real time, which is going to be cool. And another really cool component, um, you know, once upon a time, we had a wild game cooking stage as part of National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. <clears throat> and over time, you know, sponsor went away, different things change. And Hank was a staple to that wild game cooking stage. And now through the path to the uplands because of people's connection to hunting and conservation through food, there's a kind of a rebirth, a new life for Hank at Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic that Ashley's obviously connected with and, and brought Hank to speak on this stage. So, you know, Hank's been a part of Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic since I think he, 2012 was his first one in Kansas City. He was the keynote speaker for us in Omaha. Um, just a tremendous, like out of every uh, book, Pheasant Quail, Cottontail that gets sold, he makes a dollar donation back to our organization, which has resulted in thousands of dollars back to our mission over the years. Just a super interesting guy. And the other piece, you can read a blog he wrote on our website. The last time we had Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Sioux Falls, he was taken away in an ambulance. So he never actually spoke in Sioux Falls because he, he developed, um, I think it was a bacterial disease that kept him in the hospital beyond when pheasant fest was even over so um i'm just thrilled ashley that you've been able to what bring hank back welcome back hank uh looking forward to seeing hank in person and he's always a crowd pleaser so i didn't mean to cut you off there ashley but go ahead go ahead but it's great to have hank back involved yeah it definitely is um yes i'm super excited to get to meet him in person and hear him speak firsthand. Um, we've had, oh gosh, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but um, there's a couple other folks I'd like to highlight. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Zavaleta-Cheek. Um, <clears throat> she is a professor and researcher at SDSU and is doing some really, really interesting work looking at uh, women in hunting hmm. um, and kind of all facets of that. So how women get brought to hunting, what their experience is like. Um, and she has some graduate students that are going to be in the lounge, the Women on the Wing Lounge, which we can talk more about later, um, that are going to be there at Pheasant Fest and they'll have a booth to answer questions and interact. But one of the things that uh, one of her students, Shelby, has developed and is continuing to flesh out is this interactive map um, where you can go and find women's programs aimed at hunting, fishing. I think they're even branching out into other outdoor pursuits, but it's this really wonderful visual tool. When she showed it to me, I was like, man, I needed this <laughs> for my whole life. This is amazing. Um, so you can click and kind of see how different organizations are connected to each other, what opportunities um, they offer and things like that. So she'll be talking about that and other things. Um and her title, the title of her talk is Beyond Pink Camo, Increasing Women's Participation in Hunting, which I appreciate very much. No judgment of people that like pink, um, but I appreciate the recognition that it's not for every mm -hmm. woman. Um, and then we also have uh, Ben Bredingen with Onyx. Uh, I know that he's a fan favorite from years past talking about e-scouting for public land pheasants. Um, and as somebody who doesn't live in pheasant country or even, unfortunately, prime quail country at the moment, um, being able to e-scout places that I want to travel to that are far away is a skill that uh, I could certainly develop further. And I'm excited to hear what he has to share about that. So we've got, uh, let's see, we've got our very own Tom Carpenter, who's going to be talking about making a family dog out of your bird dog. Hopefully he has some tips for limiting the expenses around that because <laughs> our bird family dog is, he has that as a demerit, I would say. Um, but Tyler Sladen actually is going to be there. And I, I don't know if folks are familiar with him. You can find him uh, on Instagram at quail underscore Hawk. Um, he is this really awesome person that I kind of stumbled upon. He's a falconer. Um, and a veteran and a photographer. So uh, his social media accounts are 
stunning. Um, but he quail hunts and actually, I think a wide variety of upland birds, primarily with goshawks. Um, so he's going to be there. He's going to bring his bird all the way from the far Southeast, um, excuse me, Southwest and talk about his experiences there, which I think is going to be really, really cool. I've, I've never witnessed falconry in action. Um, that's on my bucket list for sure. I don't know if anybody else on the call has, but you know, we talk about dogs or even kids. I feel like falconry is a whole another level of commitment um, and dedication. So I'm in awe of people that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So um, Tyler, it, throw out that Instagram handle again. It's quail underscore hawk, H-A-W-K. And it, his his content is captivating. And you're right. Uh, if you just think about how much time and effort goes into training a normal bird dog, no offense, Ashley, <laughs> but you think about how much it takes because you got to use um, pointing dogs with falconers. So you train this dog to point and hold steady. And then say your dog goes on point and then you release a hawk, you know, you got another animal into the mix. You release a hawk and it goes up into the air and sort of circles reaches his apex because i've watched this a couple times in montana it just it's just it's it's freaking magic you know so you got a dog on point you got a hawk circling in the air and then you go maybe you got another dog a flushing dog or maybe it's you and you go and flush the bird and that bird flushes away and the hawk reaches, I think it's called a stoop, where it folds, the falcon folds its wings like a rocket and goes, it like comes out of the sky <laughs> like a rocket after, say, a sharp tail and it just hits that sharp tail at full force um, and then kind of hits it with the claws, pounces on the ground. And then you go and recover this sharp tail or pheasant or quail. Um, and you've got this dog that's helped you find the, the game. You have a hawk that's helped you recover the game. And you give a little piece to the hawk to eat or the falcon and a little bit to the, you know, that you're going to have on your plate. And then a little extra kibble for Sparky that helped point it. I mean, you're right. It's, it's a whole different level and it is absolutely magical to watch it all come together and the amount of commitment that, you know, a person like Tyler has not only to their dogs, but to, you know, to being able to keep these falcons or raptors alive and trained. It's unbelievable. So I, yeah, you're right. It's, it's definitely listening to Tyler is worth the price of admission by itself. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to it. And he, you're right, it doesn't stop with birds. He's uh, He and his wife run a kennel of English setters, short hairs, and this really cool little dog that I had to Google. I'm going to try to pronounce it right. Jagd Terrier. Mm. Um, it's a German dog. Um, little guys. So yeah, they're they're into all the, all the hunting partners, which is cool. Uh, we also have uh, Chris Kilgore of Color in the Outdoors. He's going to be talking about the importance of diversifying access and conservation, which I'm really excited about. Chris is um, a really wonderful guy. He's got a long career in conservation. He also lives in Wisconsin, which, you know, the Midwest is close <laughs> to my heart. Um, <laughs> but we've, we've been able to partner with him on an event, an adult learn to hunt event uh, this fall, this winter, actually. And it went just wonderfully. And so I'm really excited for him to come up and kind of share um, some of his perspective and knowledge with us that way. Uh, I could go on and on. There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll point folks, pheasantfest.org. So the, what the specific stage that Ashley's talking about is the path to the upland stage. So uh, ultimately it's sort of, all the different avenues that people get involved in hunting and conservation, whether that's food like Hank Shaw, whether that's, um, you know, Doug Duran through the land and through connection to habitat, um, you know, falconry, 
Um, you know, being able to create magic between a raptor and a bird dog. Ruth Ann Lobos, a veterinarian, will be on the stage. Um, just go to the Path to the Upland stage and the full half hour by half hour lineup is available for you, as are all of our stages, whether that's the public land stage, the bird dog stage, um, there, uh, the habitat stage. They're all online at pheasantfest.com. Dot org. Just wanted to give everybody a little bit of a sampling. You don't have to be a, you know, 125 a day bird hunter to find something really interesting at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. We'll transition to to Shannon again, making her podcasting debut with us here. Um, Shannon's going to talk to us about Family Day, uh, but first, let's meet Shannon a little bit. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about your background and um, um, who you are and what you do for the organization. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, yeah, I am a uh, born and raised Minnesotan, um, so grew up uh, on the northwest corner of the Twin Cities, and my folks still live up in Ramsey. Um, my family now, my family of four, um, five, including the bird dog Nala, uh, but we live on the north side uh, with a little bit of acreage up in Ham Lake. So. I'm right here, not too far from headquarters, uh, but uh, I've been I've been lucky enough to attend um, multiple pheasant fests um, as a friend of the organization and also working in the outdoor industry a little bit as well um, prior to to joining PF and QF. But uh, I background wise, I uh, started in in radio. Um, I've been in the Twin Cities market now working with uh, marketing, um, radio, TV, digital, uh, putting together campaigns, partnerships, uh, a lot of event marketing as well. So uh, it's been it's been fun um, between the, the radio um, and I had the opportunity to work for the Walt Disney Company on the uh, events and radio side of things as well. Uh, and then ended up actually at CBS, now Odyssey, and their director of live events. So thousands of events, um, uh, building partnerships and um, executing some really neat elements with all of those. So uh, in between there, I uh, was able to jump into the outdoor industry, which was awesome. My family loves the outdoors. We camp a lot, we love to hike. Um, I actually started hunting uh, when I was in college. Uh, so I grew up in a hunting family. Uh, just hadn't gone yet. So I went with my dad uh, when I was in college. And then now I'm happy to say I uh, just wrapped up my first upland season uh, for pheasants anyway. Um, I had hunted grouse prior. So exciting year. Um, but yeah, I then was working with uh, Ron Shera Productions. Uh, a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with the flush and, and rooster tails here locally. Um, some really great outdoor shows that uh, that were produced there. So it was a natural transition. Uh, they're a great uh, partner uh, with Pheasants Forever. So it was it was a neat uh, transition to join the team over here uh, with Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever uh, about a year ago, just over a year ago. So, uh, but it's nice to uh, to be able to see Pheasant Fest and the inner workings uh, from the inside. Um, and uh, there's a crazy amount of uh, work and passion and uh, energy that goes into it from our entire organization. So that's uh, that's been really, really fun to see and be a part of. Right on. And, and one of the big pieces that um, you've influenced right out of the bat, you've brought energy to is Family Day. If Family Day existed, but it needed kind of a shot in the arm. So... It, First of all, thank you to First Premier Bank and the Premier Bank Card for joining us as the sponsors of this year's Sunday Family Day in Sioux Falls. Um, Shannon, you brought First Premier Bank and the Premier Bank Card to the table, and you brought a whole edition of uh, new attractions on Family Day. Give us a rundown. rundown of what's going on for family day to, you know, it just it, no secret, like it's three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this show. Saturday mm -hmm. always is the biggest crowds, right? Like 70%, yeah. 65%, 70% of the attendees come on Saturday. Um, then let's say 25% come on Friday. 
the bird dog parade kicking the thing off, you know, there's a instantaneous influx of a thousand people. Sunday tends to be the, you know, the, a little bit lighter and that's where family day comes in. Cause we wanted to make this, uh, you know, a can't miss day, whether it's a second day to return to the show or your first day to bring the whole family. Um, we're trying to find things that make Sunday um, a hot can't miss component of National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So give us the rundown. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, and it totally takes me back, Bob. You and I had a conversation at last year's fest uh, on Sunday that um, throwing out some ideas is what we could do. So it's it's exciting to see um, a lot of it come to fruition. But uh, the you know, just Sioux Falls in general has been really, really great to, to work with. Um, the, the businesses experience Sioux Falls, um, they've really opened us, you know, just opened their arms to us, um, again this year and are excited, um, really excited to have us, um, there and to work in the community. Uh, and that's, that's really where sitting down with First Premier Bank and, and their team, um, you know, wanting to, to do more for the community, to, to welcome, um, us coming back, it's it's a huge economic impact for for mm-hmm. wherever we go, and especially you know it's Sioux Falls is a perfect place, right? So, um, pheasant capital of the world, as they say. So it's it's a it's a great fit. Um, support the uh, the mission, uh, and at the same time, really be able to to focus on the the full family um, within this this passion. Uh, that we all have. So it's it's neat to to take a look at Sunday and um, all the layers that are that are coming about. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a neat opportunity, thanks to First Premier, uh, that all of kids, uh, 16 and under, all the youth, uh, will get in free on Sunday. So that is, you bring up a great point, Bob, really. You can come with your friends, your buddies, your hunting group on Friday, Saturday, and come back on Sunday with the family too. So um, some neat opportunity to uh, to visit the show twice as well. But so all kids are going to get in free 16 and under on Sunday as well. Um, the first 500 families, uh, pretty neat. Uh, Spunky Puff, um, a company here in Minnesota, um, we're working with them um, and then first Premier, and they are going to be offering free to the first 500 families. It's called a fly and fetch uh rooster and it's cool it launches so um do we have enough insurance for this shannon (laughs) i'm sure that's not my department (laughs) so say it again so it's it's, spunky pup is giving what exactly to the first 500 families yep so spunky pup and um and, and first premier bank um it's fly and fetch um it's a fly and fetch launching pheasant so yeah you just you pull it back and stretch it and it flies 100 feet so, so um it'll be for clarity it's a dog toy yes <laughs> but it's going to entertain children of all ages <laughs> um and it'll help ashley uh ashley's dog uh burn some burn some energy off <laughs> Uh, but no, we're, so we're super grateful. That'll be really fun. So um, come early. Doors open at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Um, so come be in line. Uh, make sure that you get one of those. That's a really neat thing. Uh, we also have special things throughout the floor, um, you know, treat stands, popcorn, um, uh, different, different exciting things like that that will be throughout the floor. Uh, and then also, as Kim had mentioned, there's a really neat family habitat photo booth opportunity in the youth village. So uh, you can swing over there. Um, and again, you know, it's first premiere and, and their team um, is really helping us uh, out quite a bit uh, with this. They have some fun things that will also uh, be in their booth space. So if you swing by booth um, 2012, um to visit the first premier bank um premier bank card team they've got some neat things happening all weekend um but especially then on sunday they're gonna have a popcorn machine so stop by get some free popcorn um they actually are bringing in a selfie photo booth um so that'll be fun for uh, kids of all ages uh (laughs) they have some neat custom um you know cornhole um 
beanbag boards uh, that they'll be uh, giving away as well. So there's a register to win there. Uh, a lot of integration with uh, their kids club pals um, too. So very neat. It's exciting. Um, other exhibitors, you know, with it being um, family day, uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to jump in um, and do some fun family engagement too. So there'll be many things um, on the horizon. Awesome. So just yeah. a couple things to highlight as a reminder. Um, anyone 16 and under gets in absolutely free on Sunday. So talk about a commitment. Yes. Um, we are trying to get uh, you to bring the whole family to National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. We want to see you. If you're conservation curious, bird dog curious, you want to see raptors, reptiles, pollinators, um, the latest and greatest shotguns, hunting vests. Um, come on out on Sunday. It's generally a little bit lighter crowd, and we're trying to change that and uh, bring you out to Sioux Falls. And and if you uh, uh, you bring your family, you might get a uh, if you're one of the first 500 families, you might get a spunky pup uh, rooster pheasant toy for your kids or your bird dog. I guess it depends. Um, we also have a women on the wing brunch that's taking place on Sunday. Um, as when this uh, podcast comes out, it, it may be sold out, but you can check on our website, pheasantfest.org. Our own North Dakota state coordinator, Emily Spoliar, uh, has put together a tremendous panel that she'll be moderating for the women on the wing brunch on Sunday morning this year. It includes our president and CEO, Marilyn Vetter, uh, Katie McCaleb, Vice President of Communications and Marketing at the Rough Grouse Society, um, Callie Parmalee, uh, the editor of Gundog Magazine, uh, Chloe Nostrand from Raconteur Magazine, and Katie Willis uh, will be introducing the panel um, or introducing the session. Uh, she's also from Raconteur Magazine and uh, very active on Instagram as well, Katie Willis. So a tremendous lineup um, for Women on the Wing Brunch. I know immediately following the brunch, Marilyn Vetter, our president and CEO, is going to the Women on the Wing uh, Lounge. And uh, Ashley teased that uh, uh, a little bit ago. But Shannon, um, go ahead and tell us what's what's happening at the Women on the Wing Lounge all weekend, not just on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're really excited again to to be able to bring this um, together into uh, fruition this year. The the Women on the Wing Lounge uh, will be down on the show floor, um, just off of the um, Stanford Premier Center building, the the room where you're going to find the bird dog stage, um, in the corner there. So it's come by and visit. Uh, it'll be a, a neat space that is a relaxed environment. Um, we're going to have some really neat women of note. Uh, visiting throughout the entire weekend. There's a schedule that'll be posted there uh, that kind of go through throughout the, the industry, um, everything from, from gear to habitat to um, firearms to getting involved, um, how, to, how to get involved in um, either a Women on the Wing chapter or event or in any way um, sharing the outdoors with one another. So it's a neat way to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with some of these really great uh, women um, that are that are in our industry and have the, the shared passions that we do, so. Right on. Well, I wanna thank all of you, um, not only you know for sharing on this podcast, all the different things that are going on, but the amount of time and effort, um, it takes a lot of work to coordinate the Youth Village um, Path to the Upland Stage, Family Day, Women on the Wing Brunch, Women on the Wing Lounge. There's an army of people that are, you know, work for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever that are trying to make this event really welcoming to all sorts of folks. Um, whether you live in Sioux Falls or the greater Sioux Falls area, we want you to come out and experience what is a really a lot of fun, um, whether you love dogs, habitat, um, the outdoors, hunting, you name it. Um, I'll ask each of our guests for kind of final closing thoughts. One more, I guess, family-oriented plug, and that's the Bird Dog Parade, the greatest hour of the year. 
in my opinion. Um, I love the bird dog parade and talk about family friendly. Who doesn't love puppies? Who doesn't love dogs? Um, the whole event. Well, that's not true this year because we have a concert on February 29th, Thursday night, kicking off National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic in Sioux Falls. Um, but uh, the show floor opens up following the bird dog parade. Parade gets underway at 11 a.m. Friday morning, right at the outside the convention center doors. Um, I know as we record this uh, beginning of February, we've got over four dozen breeds already lined up and we're still, we're still taking um, some registration. So by the time you hear this, we'll probably be somewhere near 200 people and um, who knows how many breeds of dogs. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but the bird dog parade runs 11 to 12 and then the ribbon cutting at 12 and the show opens uh, high noon in Sioux Falls on Friday, um, March 1st. So hours Friday, 12 to 7, Saturday, 9 to 6, and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Everything you needed to know, to know is at pheasantfest.org. Closing thoughts. We'll start with Kim. Sure. Um, I think the big thing I just want to end with is to let families know they, they don't want to miss out um, coming to see Youth Village. If you're going to be at Pheasant Fest, um, just make sure to take a few minutes and come over and check out Youth Village, especially if you've been to Pheasant Fest before but maybe haven't seen Youth Village. Um, bring your families over. Bring your group over. We've got a lot of really cool hands-on stuff. Um, we bring this event, uh, we bring this area back each year. Um, it's popular. It serves as a great, um, wonderful family-centric area. Um, people swing back and visit that area multiple times throughout the weekend. Um, we, I only, I've only been once. Last year was my first time, but we saw the same kiddos and the same families over and over again over the course of the weekend, um, which was really great for us. That told us they were having a great time, enjoying themselves. Um, and like you said, we're going to have to maybe kick some people out at the end of the day, which is great. <laughs> that means they, they love being there with us and we love having them. Um, but no, it's, you know, kind of looking at a big picture, um, it's important that we have conservation leaders for the future. It's important we have folks taking a stand um, for wildlife conservation, for habitat, for all the things that we value. Um, and we just think Youth Village is a great place um, to engage those families, to engage those future hunters, future anglers, um, and just help us have even more folks out there that are lovers of wild places and wild things. Um, and if we can build some of those connections and really engage with folks in Youth Village, um, get them started on that conservation path, then that's absolutely what we want to do. Um, so, yeah, if you're at Pheasant Fest, be sure to come by and see us in Youth Village. We'd love to have you. Well, well said. Go ahead, Ashley. What are what are your closing thoughts? Well, I think, you know, the the word that best describes the path to the upland stage is inspiration, inspiring people. Um, and I feel like as somebody who works remotely, um, it's really easy for me to kind of like get on my track and just stay on it and going to something like this and being surrounded by other people that share the same passion, same mindset, are eager to learn and connect can be so invigorating and inspiring. Um, so I'm selfishly looking forward to that uh, personally, but I think that that's something that is on offer for everybody. Yeah, right on. That, and that is one of the great things that we hear that um, National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is an event where it it's contagious. The energy, the enthusiasm, the shared belief in this organization and the people are that support it are making the planet a better place through all sorts of ways. So, yeah, it's a good thought. Um, Shannon, go ahead and give us your closing thoughts. Um, I, I think just in general, um, you know, Pheasant Fest is, is really um, come one, come all. Um, there's something for everybody uh, the, and bring the whole family. Uh, so, 
whether you come one day or whether you come every day, uh, we invite you to come and enjoy uh, and to be inspired and to to learn and, you know, as parents to encourage and to fuel our, our kids' passion for the outdoors and for conservation and for hunting and, of course, for those puppies. Hmm. Um, I don't have an official, but um, it, uh, it looks like we might have the most um, bird dog clubs um, on the floor um as exhibitors this year so throughout the whole weekend um come and make sure and enjoy those but uh, on sunday we have some really exciting uh family day specific opportunities uh with kids getting in free um first 500 uh give of course the 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 free gift and uh and then fun fun nuggets throughout the whole the whole day and the show so come on come out uh have a good time um and uh, we hope to see you there yeah cool um and you mentioned all the bird dog breeds that that also is a great mention for families do you have any interest in adding the puppers to your family <laughs> but you're not quite um 100 convinced on what that breed is you know like you you don't know definitely that you want a labrador or a springer or a short hair and you want to like see these breeds, a wire-haired pointing griffon, a spinoni italiano. You want to see these breeds that maybe you haven't even heard of. You need to learn a new language to even pronounce. They're likely on the show floor at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic, and you can put your eyes and and your kiddos can pet like a, a small Munsterlander and like, see that there might be some breeds out there that you never even consider that you just fall head over heels for. So that's a really, really fun element to the show. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but um, um, I want to thank all three of you, Kim Cole, Ashley Chance, Shannon Hoheisel for joining me, sharing your enthusiasm. It's contagious. Hopefully our listeners can hear how excited we all are. Uh, very soon we'll be in person. You can learn everything you need to know at pheasantfest.org. Please join us. And I'm Bob Sapier reminding you to always follow the dog straight to Pheasant Fest. We'll see you. Something good arise. Thanks, folks. <laughs>